What is the situation with Jordan Travis and the offensive lineman? And will Keon Coleman catch a pass against Clemson? Because he sure didn't against Boston College. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back into another episode of Locked On Seminoles. I am your host, Brian Smith, and today's episode is going to be a fun one, so make sure you buckle up. Everybody that's an everydayer, I appreciate you coming in. This is a really cool show to be a part of, and I love doing it. It can be found anywhere you get your podcast for free and on YouTube. We are part of the Locked On Network, your team every day. Three main areas today, just like any other Monday show, but this one's a little bit more unique than I would like it to be. First segment, we're just going to talk about Keon Coleman, zero catches, why that impacts Florida State all the way through the season. There's a blueprint here. Very important. There's a blueprint because there's film on what he's done well, when he's just done a little bit, and now literally goose eggs in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Defensive coordinators are going to notice. Second segment, we're going to talk about Jordan Travis, whether or not there's an influence with him being banged up, although he did come back in, giving the young man credit against B.C., how the offensive line, how being down a couple guys, how that may have changed some things. And then finally, segment three, we're going to look at the special plays. I mean, Florida State was just garbage in that category against Boston College. It was incredible. Over 300, and, there might have even been more yardage for BC, and I think there was on like 12 to 15 plays than FSU had for the game. How that kind of stuff has to change because that's what Florida State used against LSU to win. Florida State has to get back to being a big play offense. I talked about it for two weeks straight. Now it's kind of switched around. That cannot happen. So we're going to be talking about some interesting stuff and some surprising things. First off, FanDuel. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sport sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get bet $5 to get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Visit FanDuel.com forward slash locked on to get started. All right. Let's just dive in here. There is no excuse. Coaches or players. For somebody as talented as Keon Coleman, not to have a catch. That's utterly ridiculous. He did have a reverse. He got like a yard. They tried to catch him off guard and BC defended it. Well, fantastic. No catches. After the first game, we're thinking this guy's a Blitnikoff Award finalist at worst. Ironic, considering Blitnikoff played at Florida State. But I don't think he had too many games with zero catches. That starts in the booth, goes to Jordan, the offensive line, where everybody's involved because passing game is the most connected part of sport. No two positions are more connected than quarterback and receiver, all these things. Everybody is to blame. And I do not care how much Florida State put an emphasis on bracketing any player, for that matter, on any given play. But obviously, Keon is who they went after. And we can't see from a TV screen what the coverages were post and pre-snap and all that. But obviously, they made an influence towards taking him away and giving away other stuff. And even though they did, 
The other part of this that's just not acceptable, Florida State's run game was pretty good, but it wasn't great. If they're going to take away your number one passing option, your number one guy, you have to absolutely smoke them throwing the football. And Jaheim Bell had a good day, and they, they did some subsequent things, but zero catches. Here's why this matters long-term. Now, obviously, they won 31-29, survive in advance. Teams now have a blueprint on what you can what you can or can't do. At least they think they do. It's only three games into the season, and every team evolves game-to-game in college football. Florida State is no different. But if you can't throw over the top, and it's pretty well known that Jordan took a pretty good shot, an awkward one, because Mother Earth has never lost any battles with a human being hitting the ground. He came back and played, and he played pretty well, considering I highly doubt he's going to run as much in the next few weeks. And obviously, Clemson is the opponent this coming Saturday. Now, regardless of of when you play a team like Clemson, you're going to take more hits anyway, because that's just a good football team that has a lot of defensive speed, especially like Barrett Carter, linebacker. That is a very, very talented young man. Florida State needs to be able to, shall we say, protect Travis, but he's got to run more. When you play difficult road games, one of the easiest ways to gain an advantage to take crowd noise, even if it's roaring, out of it is you have basic signals for RPO and basic plays that are just across the board, and you also have the quarterback that's able to just add with. But if he's not wanting to run and the coaches don't want him to run, that's a concern. So we're going to get into that more in segment two, but that goes right back to this first thing I'm talking about. Keon has to be able to catch passes when Jordan just drops back straight up pocket. We're going to throw it to him and we're going to beat your guy. Now there's been some talk about some of the Clemson DBs kind of stepping up going into this past weekend. They, I mean, they played FAU. It wasn't like it was a great opponent, but they had a pick six. I forget which kid it was for Clemson, but I still don't think they're the greatest of secondaries. They've got talent. They've recruited extremely well, but they, They've not shown out. Can Florida State expose them? Johnny's going to catch a 50-50 ball in every game pretty much. And he had a couple nice plays in one-on circumstances against Boston College. But at the same time, when you got both going, that's when your run game truly opens. And if it doesn't, you're not going to maximize. It's not realistic. That's when the safeties come down. That's when the blitz packages happen. I've talked a little bit about this on the post-game show, et cetera. You cannot win games as easily. I mean, you can still do it, but you cannot win games as easily when you're not balanced. And when they just flat take away a player and it's BC, that's bizarre. So with that being said, a couple of points. Number one, I look for some different formations. And Norvell, like I always say, that he's not going to admit to any of this. They're going to have some things Save for Clemson. If they didn't, that's on him. But you're going to have a stack formation or something where he comes out of the bat, whatever. They're going to try to get him the ball. I wouldn't be surprised. The first play of the game is a screen to Coleman just to say, ah, I got the ball. It's a pass. Let's get this out of the way. You know, second and six, whatever. Try to get him the ball early. Not necessarily force feed him if they're playing bump with a guy directly over the top. But they're going to try to get him in motion. 
running in behind the line and the ball snaps. So there's no way you can bump and run covered. None of that. They're going to do something to that effect to get him the ball. And they still have to get him just like they did against LSU. They got to get him the ball just in traditional means, a slant, a dig, an over route, whatever, down the field. There is no shortcut. Pass protection, guy in your face, make the throw. It's got to be accurate. Beat the DB. All of the above. Again, passing game is complex. Do it anyway. You're not going to the college football playoff unless you can, and you already showed you could against LSU. It's just bizarre that they didn't do very well against BC. But now the motivation is there. It's obvious it was not against Boston College. I'm done talking about that. Florida State completely laid an egg emotionally, and they just have to come along and get over it. The advantage here, though, with the offense, the media is it's going to be hammering them. And quite frankly, rightfully so. Rightfully so, because it's not easy to be that team that is good every week. I get it. But now they're going to be bitching and, and saying, hey, Clemson's playing better. They got them at home. They're going to get them. They need to use that, in my opinion, as motivation. And if they don't, that's on Florida State as well, because this is the team that's beat you like a half dozen in years in a row. If you're not motivated for this game, what's wrong with you? Because, I mean, there's no reason not to be. It is one of those situations you just got to be ready for from the outset. And Keon is a way to do it. If he hits a big play early in the game, that crowd will melt. It'll be quiet. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever find that there's just something about trying to fall asleep? Your brain suddenly won't stop talking. Your thoughts start racing right before bed or at another opportune, inopportune times. It turns out one great way to make those racing thoughts go away is to talk them through. Therapy gives you a place to do that so you can get out of the negative thought cycles that some people go through with, with that, whatever is going on in their life. Everybody has those moments, and it's something that different people cope with it in different ways. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get a break from your thoughts with BetterHelp. This better, visit BetterHelp.com slash college. To get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on college. Now, segment two is, is just in conjunction with one, really. But it's adding in one keyword that we don't like to hear, but it's a part of football. Injuries. If you're going to, in any way, shape, or form, go to a playoff, make a run, whatever it is, even ACC title, you need your quarterback healthy. Florida State survived the scare. I'm just going to say it. If Jordan Travis is not playing not only close to healthy, nobody's 100% after the first game, but if he's not allowed to play his style, which is a bit risky, and Florida State's having to hold back play calls because of it, it's a matter of time before they're going to have a slip up in some capacity on the offense that could cost them a game. Doesn't mean you'll lose, but it could be there because you're going to take points off the board. He's one of the most dynamic runners in college football, proven, obviously, as a quarterback. I'm concerned not for Jordan doing it, but the coaching staff and the medical staff may need to if they think he's hurt. And I'm just speculating. But he looked pretty good to me 
the second half of the BC game, but at the same time, he only had a handful of carries. As a matter of fact, let me look here. But when Jordan is constantly running RPO or just taking it upon himself, for lack of a better term, just to go get six, no big deal, but let's, let's just go get a few. Hit four carries for 38 yards along a seven. But if he runs eight or nine times, even a three or four off script, there aren't many guys in the front seven that are going to hang with him one-on-one in space when he's lined up nose-to-nose from five feet away. He'll either break the tackle or make the guy miss or at least get him off balance where he can kind of push him away and gain two or three more yards. He is a yardage machine in those scenarios. Pulling that back hurts your offense. Changes what they do defensively. How they set their edge or even try in terms of numbers. Bringing one guy in the box changes games constantly. That safety down means it's a lot harder for the guy in the middle of the field. He can't If you run straight goes on both sides, he can't cover both. It's, it's going to be single coverage for one of those guys against a good receiver. Keon, maybe it's Johnny, maybe it's somebody else, whatever. And to that point, by the way, the slot position needs to do something. They, they haven't done anything here in the last game. So that's another no-show. Florida State needs to hit big plays. One of the reasons that you can hit passing game plays is the health of Travis and him also being given the complete green light to let loose running the football on script or off. Don't know what that situation is right now. Part of that also might have to do with the following. I don't think it's as big a factor because FSU is in such a unique situation with their depth chart on the offensive line. But Florida State was down a couple guys, starters, for whatever that's worth, against BC. And the Noles still did pretty decent. It wasn't like they were getting murdered or anything. They ran for 128 yards, but that's only 3.8 yards a carry. Against BC, that should be 5.2, 5.3 it just should. There were too many plays of two yards, three yards. Eh, you know, they, they weren't awful, but you're not moving the chains with those. Four and above, those are the numbers. Straight up, if you get four yards, especially on first down, the chances of you getting a first down go up exponentially. FSU did not do that consistently against BC when they ran traditional running plays. Just fact. I watched the game, and I'm sure if anybody's watching this podcast, they probably did too or at least all the highlights, and they probably didn't like those if that's all they did. So they got to figure out the offensive line. I don't know who's coming back or not. Will they change anything? Maybe go with a, for lack of a better term, because they got some depth on the O-line. Maybe they use another big tight end. Maybe they use an H-back differently. They're, they're going to have to try something different, in my opinion. As I noted in segment one, I will be floored if the Knowles don't have multiple surprise formations and or plays, some of the plays will basically be the same. It's an old adage, run the same play 20 times, but out of six different formations. It's just, you know, there's an H-back instead of a fullback. There's a receiver in motion on one side. He comes across, there's, you're basically running the same play. So the players are comfortable on your side and not on the other. Florida State's going to add some of that. I will be floored if they don't. If that gets you an extra 20 yards rushing, that might be the difference in the game because it could get you in field goal range at the end to kick the game-winning field goal instead of going to overtime. I'm all for it. Whatever that is, it's probably going to have to do with the offensive line a little bit because they know from watching film they weren't getting push. 
not like they should, especially inside the box. And that's concerning. Not going to go into it a whole lot more than that. They got to get more push. It has to be second and four, second and five, and it worth second and six when you run downhill. That's Florida State or anybody. And anybody that doesn't understand that, just ask any any coach or anybody that's played at a higher level what it's like if they play at offensive football, being in third and seven, and those guys in front of the offensive lineman in a three-point stance, knowing it's likely to be a pass. You want shorter distances, so they have to fear the draw and the screen in the short passing game, and they can't just go after a five- or seven-step drop, at least mentally in their mind. So college football kickoff live will cover playoff implications, the conference rivalry games and go in depth, like only locked on can and giving insight and analysis from our stable of locked on college hosts covering their team every day. I've talked about this before every Friday, 11 AM, 1 PM. Each host from all the locked on shows. We have a YouTube channel and you can go to any of them. Obviously locked on Seminoles being one, from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m., there will be a live show. I might be on it this week. I would be surprised if I'm not on Friday because it's Clemson. The Florida State's playing. I'm sure I'll be on it. We need to find out what's going on with the big games, who's injured, what are the storylines across college football. Different hosts will be coming on the show, giving you all the insights and the analysis that you need. Make sure you check it out. Again, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. every Friday, live on YouTube. And you can see the shows afterwards as well if you need to check it out at a different time. Before I go into segment three, talking about special plays and turnovers, one note, Florida State survived BC. At least they learned. Now you get kind of a a pardon, if you will. They should have an exhale. And they should be motivated. If you're not motivated for Clemson, what are you motivated for? Because that would that would just be really sad. So I think that they're going to be in a pretty good spot getting ready for this next game. But they need to figure out a couple of the basic things I was talking about. It's just so shocking that I would weed off with Keon Coleman getting the ball in the second segment. We're not real sure about injuries, a little bit of this and that. But some of the stuff they were doing in the first two weeks went away. They got to figure those out. And that comes into segment three about the turnovers and the special plays because that didn't go their way either. So with that, Athletic Brewing Company. All right. Now time for your game changer of the week brought to you by Athletic Brewing Company. Athletic Brewing has completely changed the non-alcoholic beer game. They make non-alcoholic beers that actually taste good. They brew over 50 styles of craft, non-alcoholic beer, IPAs, Goldens, Sours, and other types of beer that are all across the country. They're constantly releasing limited edition experimental styles added to variety. You can find Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic brews at a store near you or buy online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers use code LOCKEDON to get 15% off your first online order. That's code LOCKEDON at checkout for 15% off at athleticbrewing.com. Exclusions and conditions apply. Athletic Brewing Company, a fit for all times. So segment three, this is not exactly the most shocking thing because, I mean, I was looking at the individual big plays 
for both teams on one of the stat sheets that I had. And I was just like astonished. Literally a less than, I'm pretty sure it's less than 15 complete plays. BC literally outgained Florida State. So when you talk about that kind of stuff, I mean, it's just eight plays for BC on in passing were for 247 yards. That's almost 31 yards a play. Just so much of it was scramble. And I talked about that all last week. Ask Giannis. He could really do it. He had a 35, a 32, oof, a 52, a 42, a 25, a 20. I mean, it's just unreal. And four carries were 101 yards, including his 45-yarder. Florida State, by comparison, four runs for 64 yards. That's not bad, but they didn't even have a 20-yard run. That is a little concerning. The passing game was pretty much on par with what you would want, but if they'd ran the ball a little bit better, they would have hit some more underneath stuff, and Travis threw for just over 200. He probably would have been at 235, 240 easily, if not 270, 280, and they'd have won by two scores or more. So all of this leads into the following point. Florida State was terrible in the big play game which they had owned in the first couple of weeks of college football. Script flipped. If you're going to win in Death Valley, there is no shortcut. You're going to have to hit some big plays. Florida State is going to see multiple blitz packages. You can go back a couple episodes and see me talking about that with what Clemson's going to do. But more than anything else, it's about effort. Beating your guy at the line of scrimmage if you're a receiver or a tight end, H-back, whatever, running back, running a wheel route. You've got to beat that linebacker if they're in man coverage. That could be an 80-yard touchdown. And then it's also just ball security. I mean, Tofili is one of my favorite players on Florida State's roster, but that fumble changed the game. Those are the reasons that coaches bitch so much about ball security. Florida State is way better than B.C., you do that against Clemson, you'll get run out of the stadium. You do that in the first five plays and go down seven to nothing and then go have a three and out and Clemson goes score, you won't be able to hear the person next to you in that stadium. You have to be mentally prepared from the outset and just randomly like Florida State towards the end of the third quarter, then they didn't even score in the fourth. They just they were just trying to survive. Can't go into that mode at all on the road in the Atlantic Coast Conference or any other power five. You just can't. You give a team hope, things go south. So here are my projections for whatever it's worth on how the game will go with big plays. Both teams are going to make several, whether it's a sack or interception or whatever. The key will be, and why I let off the show, Keon Coleman, he's got to have at least 20, uh, two plays of 20 or more yards, preferably 30 or more, obviously. But they got to get the ball down the field. So if they do decide to bring their safeties down in the box and or blitz them consistently, and I have a feeling they're going to try, then they're going to have to they're going to have to do something to beat them over the top. They they claim that Clemson's and I haven't watched their game. They claim that Clemson's DBs are playing better. Okay, well that was against the FAU. They've got some good players, but they don't have the size that Florida State does and the skill overall nor do they have Jordan Travis and the offensive line of running backs to balance it out. So I think overall they'll play zone, but when they blitz, they're going to bring exotic stuff. Exotic. Things Florida State is not going to be used to seeing. Things that are more NFL-ish, because that staff is going to have to try different things to keep Florida State from hitting explosives. That's flat out what this segment's about. 
BC kind of did it by doubling and doing some things, but there were some weird stuff going on with Florida State up front. I, they just didn't get the push, and they put themselves in bad spots and passing downs. But that ain't going to happen two weeks in a row. I think they'll actually run the ball better against Clemson than they did BC, just for motivation. That'll create explosives in the passing game. Just traditional, take the hike, step back, and throw. That's number one. And then two, at some point, when does Florida State run a trick play even if it's not like the most complex thing in the world and hit something, it's about time. That's my other prediction for an explosive in this game. Maybe it happens third quarter. Maybe it happens the second series. I, I have no idea when, but that's how you get over the top in a road game like Clemson. You have to do it. Tomorrow we'll talk a little bit more in regards to the defense and how it's going to have to do things to kind of offset what they – we're able to do less of for some reason against BC and the, the explosives. I, I'm going to have to dive into that a little more. I'm still a little confused. I thought about leading off with the defense in this, this episode because of the explosive, but it's so wild. It may be a day or two before I can do that. But anyway, we're going to see, can they kind of rebound? If you, if you can't play defense at a better level, especially stopping the explosives, Winning at Clemson obviously becomes a very big burden to overcome. So, final point, Florida State needs to stop shooting itself in the foot. That's pretty much the conundrum that they put themselves in. And then some injuries obviously added to it with Travis and the offensive line, et cetera. Uh, maybe they can get somebody healthy at, at slot or move. maybe they move Coleman to slot. I don't know. Do some different things. But if they can't get it rolling – offensively early and they put defense in a bind, it'll be interesting to see how they respond. They did good. They had one pretty good goal line stand down there against BC, but Florida State's a different animal and uh, Will Shipley, et cetera. So please subscribe to this podcast. Please like it. Please share it. Uh, if you got questions, please let me know. Um, I'm really enjoying doing this. And right now it's buckle up time because we are finally to a truly big game within the conference. If they beat, Clemson this coming Saturday, Florida State's in a really good spot to at least get to the ACC title game, if not the college football playoff. This game is huge for the program. I was trying to think earlier today, the last time Florida State was in a game of this magnitude, and it's debatable, but it's been a long time. I mean, until last year, they had four straight years where they had a losing record. It's been a minute. You have to capitalize with these opportunities. It will change the program recruiting the national perception and everything else. So again, please like, and subscribe, uh, give a great review if you can on any channel that you're on. So everybody have a great day and thank you very much.